Rhino, holy cow, we've got about two weeks left, actually less than that, about 12 games, and suddenly this Cubs team looks unstoppable. What in the heck happened? I don't know if it's something Theo said in the media when he called this team uninspired and he was frustrated by what he had seen in 2019, but maybe the clubhouse heard, and they have been absolutely unbelievable offensively. It has been You know who doesn't play uninspired? Nico Horner doesn't play uninspired. Wow. Nick Castellanos doesn't play uninspired. Ben Zobrist has been playing really solid. Kyle Schwarber is our our modern-day Babe Ruth, one of the, the top lefty home run hitters in Cubs history. And you know what? So much more to talk about. Chris Bryant's big week, the bullpen being one of the best in the league right now, surprise, and unfortunately all these crazy injuries. Yep, and we also check in with Greg Amziger from MLB Network. He gives us some time as our seventh-inning stretch conductor this week. You can see him on MLB Tonight and, of course, on MLB Network, giving you all the lowdown with a lot of former ex-players who give you some great insight. So stay tuned. The Friendly Confine starts right now. Chad, let's start as we always do in the first inning, and the injuries seem to pile up for this team. If it's not Craig Kimbrell or Javi Baez or now Anthony Rizzo, who's going to be in a walking boot for at least the next seven days after he fielded a bunt and uh, sprained his ankle pretty severely, it looks like. They didn't say the grade of the sprain, but certainly... Thankfully, there's no structural damage, but yeah. it just seems like at one point or another, whether you're Wilson Contreras or you're John Lester or even Cole Hamels or even Hugh Darvish, you've spent some time on the yeah. IL at some point or another this year. And give the Cubs credit. They have continued to roll up the W's as they uh, come down the stretch run here in 2019. It's pretty, pretty, It's been pretty remarkable, Chad. it's incredible. So anybody that's really upset about how this season has played out, really look back at the struggles and challenges this team has overcome. I mean, you didn't even list Addison Russell, who's been out as well. I try not to. Yeah, well, I know, I know, but he's been one of the day-to-day starters. But, you know, I I texted you right after Cole Hamels got got pulled early on. And what did I say to you months ago? Oblique issues are really tough to get over. I don't think he'll ever be 100% this year. And we just heard today that Kinsler also has an oblique issue. So the good news is when the players have come back, they have performed. So think about Wilson Contreras and how hot he's been since he's come back. Kimbrell's throwing a simulated game this week, so he'll be back by the card series um, if possible. I have a beautiful vision, Ryan, and it is imagine. I don't know if it's going to be the first series, the division series, or in the championship series. I don't know. Who knows where the Cubs are going to go. But just imagine this team making it, fighting its way into the postseason, and then Javi Baez and Anthony Rizzo comes back a la Kyle Schwarber and has some beautiful Cubs theatrics. All right, let's move on to the second inning. Couldn't agree with you more. And when we recorded our last podcast, it was about to be the debut of Cub sensation Nico Horner. And in yeah. that time, Chad, that we have had our last podcast, Nico Horner has batted 364 with two home runs and 11 RBIs in the span of a week. Unbelievable yeah. appearance here by Nico Horner. Now, he has been playing out of his mind, and I hope he continues to play out of his mind. Obviously, part of this that has been so great is the fact that there is no scouting report on Nico Horner. So pitchers have not adjusted to what he can and cannot hit. But you know what? I will take it for whatever it is worth. Let him continue to palm the ball like he has. And he has been a huge part of this resurrection of this Cubs offense 
And if this kid continues to be the player that we all think of him to be, just think of it this way, Chad. He was born the year I graduated college. You were <laughs> You're a year old. out of college. You and I are You're old. He's not, he's not young. You're old. <laughs> I am old. I am 100% old. I will 100% agree with that. Um, but to think that this guy, who is potentially going to be the future of second base for this team, man, what an awesome start to see this kid. And uh, like I said, pushing the offensive buttons yeah. as perfectly as possible for this team. Yeah. It, it clears up a lot of questions that I have. And, and let's not put too much on this kid's shoulders because you're right. The, the, the scouting reports haven't found the holes. Baseball's really good at figuring out where people can't, um, where people miss and where they're ineffective. They've not found it on Nico yet. They've obviously not found it on uh, Nick Castellanos as well. So you talk about, imagine those two in the framework of, of, of the future. But Nico is definitely in the future. And it, it, what I said earlier about it, it, it answers a lot of questions. So the, you know, Addison Russell, will he stay, will he go? We touched on that just a second ago. You know, this makes the front office's decision of, of letting him go or moving him for very little um, in the offseason uh, – a very easy decision. He's been a tremendous uh, distraction. Nico has come in one of the quickest ascensions to major league baseball in Cubs history. And I remember I was, so I was at the San Diego game during his debut where he flared that one to right, right field, beautiful uh, bit of hitting going the opposite way. Just looked like he, he was meant to be there. And before the team and the fans had a chance to sit down in his Wrigley debut on the very first pitch, he hammers one out to center field. I remember seeing, um, I think it was it was before that game, an interview with his mom, and she just said he's just always everywhere he's played, he's just always risen to the occasion. So maybe this is just one of those really special guys, and you can feel good about the future for the Cubs. Third inning now, and man, Chris Bryant had himself a week. Incredible. All the talk about what we were seeing from Chris Bryant, maybe not necessarily being the same player that he was. Uh, no. Those reports were uh, completely untrue. Chris Bryant batted over 500, excuse me, and even 500, hitting five home runs, driving in 13 RBIs in route to winning National League Player of the Week. Man, did he play out of his mind. And the Cubs need him more than ever right now, considering with the injuries to Javi and Rizzo, Bryant is kind of be now the, the offensive spark plug that this team is going to have to rely on. And uh, he's not wasting any time, but this guy is just finding the zone when it comes to hitting the baseball right now. And man, it couldn't be coming at a better time, Chad. Couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. And, and, and what I'll share, I've said this all along. It's, it's a, it's a belief I have averages are averages for a reason. And when a healthy player is healthy, they typically do what we expect them to do. And this is a situation where Chris Bryant, his stats have not been where we've expect them to be. Um, but he is slowly but surely ticking up. I mean, for him to, to have a, a, a 1.720 OPS, uh, that's incredible. I mean, that's really going to help his cause. He's just a, a tick under uh, a, a wins above replacement of four. Um, his batting average is getting close into the 290s. Uh, I can still see him over these next two weeks uh, uh, continuing this barrage up. And uh, it couldn't come at a better time. This is what we talked about, Ryan. This team has to go on a roll. And, and, and players like Chris Bryant are going to be the ones that are going to be fueled, fueling this. Yep. 289 batting average, 31 home runs, 77 RBIs to give you his uh, full stat line for 2019. So let's move on to the fourth inning, Chad. And, man, did we see an absolute show against the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Cubs swept them out of Wrigley Field, scored 
48 runs during the weekend. Scores of 17 to 8, 14 to 1, 16 to 6. I mean, my goodness. And shockingly enough, an interesting stat, I'm sure you saw it as well. The Cubs actually did this against the Pittsburgh Pirates, scoring 48 runs in 18. 18- 94 before the live ball era. So <laughs> yep. you got to go back uh, 220 some odd years before uh, you saw something like that ever happen before. And I got to say, even though we're seeing injuries to Rizzo and Baez, it's guys like you mentioned, Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, who's been on a tear, hitting 37 home runs now after another home run against Cincinnati. We're seeing good pickups from Obviously, Nicholas Castellanos, who has just been, I said this before, I mean, behind Araldis Chapman and Rick Sutcliffe, he could be the third greatest trade the Cubs have ever made in team history, Chad. Um, and, and especially with guys like the Victor Caratini's of the world and yeah. the Ben Zobrists. These are guys that the Cubs are going to need. Jason Hayward to really step up while these guys are recovering from their injuries. And you said it before just now. They, went, they need to go on a roll. And if this offense can continue to just keep playing at this clip, I'm not saying you got to score double-digit runs or even nine runs, but listen, five, six runs a game, it's certainly going to help the pitching staff yeah. every which way you can, Chad. Yeah, you know, it, it, what, what, what happened, what this team did against the Pirates is what this team needed to do, which was basically to look at each other and go, you know, we're actually pretty flipping good here. This isn't a fluke. It's very difficult to do what this team has done. I mean, as, as, as you said, it's, 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 it just doesn't happen. And to score this many runs and to continue to keep that up, to keep their it's, – it's, it's a term I always use when I play sports, just keep your foot on the throat of the other team and not let up. You know, to, to score eight runs against the Reds in, in the opener, the, the key here, Ryan, is are they going to continue to step up, score these runs – finish out the red series for the last time they're going to see him this year and show up against the Cardinals where they haven't lost at home. Um, you know, we're getting the, the schedule a little bit and continue to show that dominance on the offensive side. You, you named all the names that are so important. Uh, you know, the, the, the Nick trade, uh, what he's been able to do, he is going to make a payday based upon what he's done for the Cubs. He's probably not going to be with us, but let's talk about a guy who's also probably not going to be with us unless he signs a really friendly deal. The, the resurgence and, the, and the, you know, the first full week of Ben Zobrist and how he has steadily just done his job. Was he shaky defensively against the Padres? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he actually, I think one of those games is, is hung on him. But at the plate, he has set the standard to say, this is how we approach these at-bats. And he's actually batting at a high average as well. So this team is getting such a huge A. And I'll put a lot of credit on the fact that because of the injuries, we've got a pretty consistent lineup now. And I think that's always been an issue. All right, let's move on now to the fifth inning. And of all the criticism this bullpen has gotten, all the injuries, all the blown saves, amazingly, Chad, as we are, you know, in this recording of this podcast, midway through the month of September, this Cubs bullpen has the best ERA in Major League Baseball right now for the month of September. Guys like Rowan Wick and Kyle Ryan and... You know, Steve Ciszek, I mean, insert name here, basically. Mm. These are the guys that are being relied on now. And I got to tell you, it is absolutely unbelievable to see how this bullpen has pulled a 180. I don't know what has been happening all of a sudden. I don't know what it is in the water in Chicago at the moment. But for this moment in time, we are seeing a rejuvenated bullpen. I'm knocking on wood as I'm saying this as well. We are seeing a rejuvenated bullpen that this team has been trying to plug with 
for the latter part of an entire season. And so far, so far, they are doing a very solid job here down the stretch. What have you seen from this bullpen, Chad, that has just been so efficient that we have not seen so far uh, the last several months? I think what I find to be really interesting, and, and tell me if you tell me if I'm wrong, uh, you know, Kimbrell's obviously been out. You know, Pedro Strope has obviously not been at his peak, right? You know, we know that. Uh, um, we haven't had Kinsler around, uh, although he has been very effective this year. Uh, um, but when you look at the players, how many times have fans, really good fans, you know, key fans, uh, more, more watching the game, how many times have you looked up and said, now who's that coming in from the bullpen? I like that a little bit. I like, you know, we've got a couple of wicks in there. You name the other, other players. I like the fact that you've got these, these, these players that have come in that didn't have the weight of expectations that a CJ Edwards had, didn't have the weight of expectations that Monty had, didn't have, you know, just didn't have all the pressure to perform. Um, and we didn't talk about Chatwood. That guy's been just an animal this year. Um, but I think you've got these guys that have come in, they've got fresh arms, they're, they're inserting their dominance. They're doing their job. And Madden is not making a lot of goofy moves right now to have the best ERA in the national league this month, to hold teams to an incredible under 200, actually under 190 batting average and, and less than 300% or 300 uh, on base percentage. It, it, things are looking up. There's a confidence boost here and that can only increase. Sixth inning now, Chad, and after all the stuff that Joe Madden has gone through as being a lame duck manager and all the talk of him potentially not being back with his ball club this year, especially when we saw the Cubs at their lowest, now that this team has been on a roll, I have been of the belief, because there is no clear-cut team in the National League that you can point to and say, this is the guy who should win manager of the year, that if the Cubs go on to win the NL Central, that in my opinion, Joe Madden has probably done even a better job than he did last year with all the injuries. This could have been his best managerial job of all time dealing with the Chicago Cubs team with everything he has had to deal with. And with that being said, I think he should win manager of the year if, if this team does win the NL Central. If they don't, I would not. But if the Cubs can go on to win the division, Madden is my guy for NL Manager of the Year. What what say you on that? You know, I, I like it. Um, I like it. I also like the fact that I don't think any of us would have been saying this a couple weeks ago. But right. I think just it, it's 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 just been thrown in 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 our face that this team has had a lot of issues this year, and he has been able to with duct tape and band-aids um, with some help from the front office, he's been able to, uh, to, you know, have some success. So I'm not going to argue against that fact. I think if you're, I think you're right. If they win the, win the division. Absolutely. Because of all the challenges they face because of those issues, but also this is a loaded team that was expected to compete. Right. So, you know, if I was looking at the national league right now, I, I, you know, I think about a former uh, Cubs manager, a uh, Cubs guy, uh, Dave Martinez, what he's been able to do losing Bryce Harper with a, a team that was, was seemingly being laughed at earlier this year um, and how they've been able to turn around. I would probably, no matter what happens, I think Dave Martinez is your guy. But what Madden has done, what I appreciate that he's done over the last couple of weeks is he has taken this lineup 
and gotten more consistent. I think the injuries have caused that. Ryan, do you think if you were put it to a test right now, you you think it's it's him over Martinez? If 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 Mar- if Martinez just makes a wild card and the Cubs make the division, that's a bigger push for you. I think it is. But here's here's the wild card with me, and no pun intended. If the Brewers win the NL Central, Craig Council to me should win Manager of the Year, especially if they do it without Christian Yelich. I don't know. I mean, it, it, they're doing it without Christian Yelich over the last couple weeks of the season this was a team that 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 won it last year so technically they were the kings so for them to come back and just repeat i don't think that's as respectful time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the friendly confines and man do we have an exciting guest for you this week he is from mlb network it is greg amziger host of MLB tonight, and you can watch him weekdays with Harold Reynolds, Joe Girardi, an assortment of other ex-players who's kind enough to join us here for a few minutes. Greg, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. How you doing? I am doing well. Thank you for inviting me onto the show. I look forward to this chat. Yeah, we're looking forward to having you, but I wish the topic was a little bit better, Greg. Um, right now, Cub fans everywhere, including myself, are basically just hanging their head. I had said last week that I have basically conceded the NL Central and going all in on the wild card. Today, I don't even think the Cubs have the playoffs in their sights. If you have to look at the long-term picture right now of the 2019 season, do you even see this team making the postseason at this point? Right now, it's hard to say that they have what it takes to get it done. I I think playing for the wild card... They, they would never admit this, it's a disappointment. This is a team that is expected to win the division. They want to go to the World Series every year. They have more talent than every other team in this division. I, I truly believe that. The undertones of the Joe Madden saga have, I believe, impacted this team. And therefore, if there is a team to be had, it's the Cubs. And now you're seeing the Milwaukee Brewers, which I still don't believe they have enough to do it, starting pitching-wise, no Christian Yelich. Is Mike Moustakis really going to play like an MVP down the stretch? He had a great game yesterday. I just, I don't see that. Can the Phillies put it together and for the first time ever be consistent? Do the Mets ride the best starting pitching of all the teams in this second wild card race um, and ride that into the postseason? Maybe. Uh, well, the Arizona Diamondbacks wake up starting this afternoon. You just don't know, but I, it looks like if there's a team to be had, right now it's the limping Chicago Cubs. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. And and let me throw this at you. If you were to guess after the 2015 or even the 2016 season where they win the World Series that this team would be where they are today, how shocked if I had told you that in 2016 this is where they would be? It, I guess my question would be, are you shocked at how this team has trended downward the past several seasons as opposed to being a team that people thought they would be like the Astros or the Dodgers, for that matter? Yeah, I, I thought after they won the World Series, get used to this. This is a National League dynasty. This is the beginning of a dynasty with all the young position players they had, so much depth. But the one thing that I started to recognize was when you have a plethora of talent in almost every position, you're going to get guys that want to play every day. And you have to commit to making people happy. 
So the Addison Russell thing and Javi Baez, where does he play? That eventually, I hate saying, worked itself out because of the off-the-field issues Addison Russell had. Baez became the mainstay shortstop, best player on the team. You've got Rizzo who's going to play every day. Chris Bryant still plays other positions, which he'll tell you he's okay with. I don't think he likes it. Um, Ian Happ became a disgruntled player, uh, just very upset with the fact that he has not been a consistent uh, contributor on the big league level. Albert L. Mora, I think, wanted more consistency, and then he finally got it and didn't work out. Kyle Schwarber is still an American League player playing in the National League. Um, and the, the highest-paid position player they have is arguably their worst, and that's Jason Hayward. It didn't hold them back from winning the World Series, but that salary has held this team back from giving the front office financial flexibility to improve throughout the year. And at some point, the Hayward contract was going to impact things, and we're seeing it now. The, the big names in the rotation haven't lived up to the hype collectively, and the bullpen has been an ongoing issue. So, you know, the front office and Joe Madden, those two mojos stopped seeing eye to eye, and you need flow. You need a lot of good things to happen. And once that doesn't happen for a half second, ask Dave Dombrowski what happens. Yeah, You win the World Series one year, you're out of a job before the next season ends. So it's a fickle thing. I'm shocked the Cubs didn't roll off year after year after year. I thought they were going to be the NL Central Los Angeles Dodgers after yeah. they won the World Series. That didn't happen. And now we'll see what direction this organization goes in the offseason. Yeah, we're talking with Greg Amsinger from MLB Network, kind enough to join us here on the seventh inning stretch. You can see Greg weekdays on MLB Tonight, hosting with a bunch of ball players who uh, used to play the game, namely Joe Girardi or Harold Reynolds. Uh, lots of guys that uh, are interchangeable. Who are some of the other guys that are on the, the panel with you at times, uh, Greg? I'm, bit, well, I'm blanking um, all of a sudden. I mean, yeah. so many great ones. I mean, Dan Plesac was on last That's night. Right, he, he's, he's out of his mind. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Pedro Martinez, another Hall of Famer. Jim Tomey, uh, John Smoltz, another Hall of Famer. Um, trying to think. Sean Casey, the mayor. Mike Lowell. Uh, and then we got some great writers. Uh, this Sunday I'll be on with uh, Joe Girardi and Ken Rosenthal. Uh, Tom Verducci. Uh, the list goes on. Cliff Floyd, Carlos Pena. Just great guys, man. And they're all my buddies. And it's a good group to work in. It's, it's awesome. Great gig, for sure. Well, let, let's move on to here where we talk about the future of this team. Because you mentioned it. I mean, there is going to be some major changes here, starting with Joe Madden, who's no longer going to be the manager after this year. As much as it pains me to say that, because personally, Greg, I, I've said this every time on my podcast, that I don't think Madden is the issue here. I understand he is, you know, maybe made some moves that you can say questionable like any other manager, but this man is working with what he has, and there's not much, especially from the bullpen standpoint and the starting rotation at this moment. I know that changes are going to happen, but when you look at what Madden has done as a whole, do you think the the punishment fits the crime in that regard, that Madden ultimately should be the fall guy, even though he will be, should he be the fall guy for everything that has happened? Well, a couple things. The uh, game has changed. Managerial impact has completely changed since the day Joe Madden took over as the manager of the Chicago Cubs. I think Theo and Jed wanted the credibility of the position, and they paid a lot of money for it. And Joe was in a comfy spot in Tampa Bay. Since he took that job, the manager salary, the average managerial salary, has dipped under a million dollars a year. 
no one pays for managers, not even the Yankees, okay? So what Alex Cora did last year in the World Series, you might not see that again. You might not see a manager have the free reign to do whatever he wants, to have starting pitchers come out of the bullpen and overuse guys like Nathan Avaldi and, and, and Chris Sale. You might never see that again. That's a very old-school way of winning a World Series. And, you know, I, I just I look at that position as more of a, a, a mouthpiece to the media, and the front office is making every decision from where they stand pitch by pitch to which reliever needs to get up right now based on the lineup, the, the, the portion of the lineup you're about to face. There's just no need to spend the amount of money in, in, in the eyes of the thinkers in baseball now on guys that aren't making the big decisions anymore. So I think Joe Madden's salary is gigantic for a manager now, which is going to be held against him. He still wants to have his input, which isn't necessarily what front officers are looking for. And whoever gets this position will more than likely be a guy that's never managed in the big leagues before and someone that Theo and Jed really like and have a close relationship with and will do exactly what they tell him to do. And, yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's just the, the, the role of manager has completely changed. It is pretty unbelievable how that has happened. The guys like you mentioned, like a Joe Madden, a Bruce Bochy, you know, those are the guys, even a, a Ron Gardenhire, who's still there in, in Minnesota, or excuse me, in Detroit. I, I mean, it's, it's amazing that you're seeing this change of the guard. Um, when it comes to managers, for sure. It's, it's absolutely unbelievable. Greg Amziger is our guest here on the seventh inning stretch of the friendly confines. So I, I don't want to look too far ahead, even though it, I, I, I'm one of those people that is always trying to take the next step in that regard when it comes to looking at the dynamic of this team. And one big name that is being floated out there, Greg, is the fact that maybe it's time for the Cubs to potentially trade Chris Bryant in the offseason. Maybe you can get him for some top-level prospects, kind of get that farm system back to where it once was, then maybe go out and, and sign somebody at the third base position. Where would you stand on something like that if the Cubs made a potential decision of trading somebody like a Chris Bryant this offseason? I would do it in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Yep. And here's why. The Cubs won the World Series because Theo and Jed understood the importance of farm system. They didn't just, you know, draft a bunch of position players, which is what they did. Um, they, they, they knew that pitching is a fickle thing. Guys get hurt, and they were going to sign pitching. They didn't draft it and develop it, and it paid off. They traded for it, like Kyle Hendricks, but they did not draft it. So they understand young talent is the key to everything. And it's not just what you see on the field. It's trading to Glaber Torres to get a role as Chapman. It's trading to Eloy Jimenez to get a, oh, you know, Quintana. So they understand how to use young talent. They just don't have any right now. They yeah. don't have it the way they used to have it. You trade Chris Bryant to a place he'd love to go back to, and that is San Diego. The Padres, after they signed Manny Machado, wanted to sign Bryce Harper. They wanted both. And Harper wanted a longer term, and the Padres didn't want to do that. They already gave Machado the longer term. They want another marquee guy to go with Fernando Tatis Jr., Machado, Hosmer. The Padres are all in. I could totally see Chris Bryant traded to the Padres for three of their young pitching prospects. I mean, the Padres have one of the top two farm systems in the sport. Chris Bryant goes to San Diego and plays left field. He's their everyday left fielder. 
and you put him in the same lineup with Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., Eric Hosmer, go get him. Yeah. Go get him, and he's a happier guy. The chances of locking him up are way, way high for the San Diego Padres. He loves it in San Diego, loves it out there, played obviously at the University of San Diego. So to me, I, it makes a ton of sense. I don't see him being traded to a team like the White Sox who are looking for a superstar. I think that's where Mookie Betts gets traded to. But I do think you're onto something. I think this is the year, this offseason, while free agency is something that many players are afraid of now because of the way business has been conducted. The great players are getting locked up with extensions. The guys that are turning down big contracts, you wish them the best, but now they're trade pieces. I think Bryant is, is in a short list of three marquee names that could change farm systems completely because of what you're getting. I think Chris Bryant could get traded. I think Mookie Betts could get traded. And Mookie Betts has also turned down reportedly a big $200 million contract from the Boston Red Sox. So he could be traded. And don't overlook Francisco Lindor, who does not want to stay long-term in Cleveland. You have three guys that could completely change the way anyone views the future of their current organization because of the insane talent you can get in return for them. So I think the Cubs could still be competitive without Bryant. They've proven that already. And yet, build for their future, and I wouldn't be shocked to see something like that happen. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more as well on that. It's uh, and, and it's interesting you say that about San Diego because Bryant, even as uh, recently as last night, I believe, or the night before, uh, when he hit a home run in the Cubs' win against San Diego in their first game, um, he had said how much he loved playing in that ballpark. Excuse me, it was game two, it, he, how much he loved playing in that ballpark. And so, uh, you know, Petco seems to be a hitters-friendly park for someone like Chris Bryant. Greg Amsinger is our guest here on the seventh inning stretch. He is on MLB Network. You can find him on MLB Tonight. Greg, thank you so much for joining us here on the Friendly Confines, man. We would love to have you back on the program if the Cubs make a run or maybe even next season. Thanks for being a friend of the program now. We really appreciate your time. You got it. Anytime you just let me know. You got it. Thanks again, Greg. Take care. Our thanks to Greg Amsinger from MLB Network. And, you know, Chad, usually at this moment, we plug their social media accounts on Twitter. Believe yep. it or not, Greg Amsinger, national sportscaster on an MLB Network, does not have Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Is that not unbelievable? I told him, I said, that is amazing. I don't know how, if, I mean, that is just fantastic. I, I, I don't know how he's able to get away with it, but Greg Amsinger, Kudos to you, man. You don't have any social media. You have to. Deal with uh, my that. dream in life. My dream. Well, he probably has an amazing relationship with his family and his kids and his wife. I mean, just the, just imagine like not having that distraction. So good I think on he's you. Single. But, I think oh, he's he single, single. Then how does he hit up people? How does he slide into people's DMs? I don't even understand. Uh, yeah, just does it the old-fashioned way. Just does it the old-fashioned <laughs> way, I suppose. But our thanks to Greg, and you can catch him on MLB Network and MLB Tonight. And uh, certainly we appreciate the time. He had some great, great insight. Really appreciated some of the things that he had to say about the Cubs. And, of course, you can find us on social media. We have no problems with that. You can find Chad at Cubs Confines. You can find me at Ryan D. Lieber. We're always interested to hear from you, the listener, and to hear from you about what you would like us to talk about. And, of course, look for us at the Chicago Cubs, Friendly Confines Cubs Facebook page. A great place to see our latest uh, podcast posts, a uh, great, great friendly uh, page to find ticket uh, opportunities and, and other fun things, uh, all related to the Chicago Cubs. So uh, 
As always, we appreciate your input. If you like this podcast, and no matter where you're listening to this, on Apple Podcasts, which seems to be our most popular one, um, or if you're on uh, Spotify, or if you're on the Anchor app, wherever you're listening to uh, Stitcher, um, please share this um, with your Cubs fans, friends, because we want to continue to build this audience, and we uh, are always, as you're seeing, whether it's Joe Buck or Mark Silverman or or Dave Kaplan, or, or, or folks from ESPN or the MLB Network, we're going to bring you the best guests every single week. All right, so let's move on to the eighth inning, Chad. And some interesting news off the field. Uh, it was announced that Gary Pressey, you may not know the name, but you know his music, he is the organist for the Cubs at Wrigley Field, going to retire after 33 years with the organization. He has played the organ at 2,680 consecutive games. Yeah. That is a lot of take-me-out-to-the-ball games that that man has played over the years. Says he wants to spend more time with his family. Can't say I blame him. Um, obviously, that is just amazing. But, you know, you don't really think twice about part of the fan experience and the atmosphere of being at a baseball game, whether it's at Wrigley or U.S. Cellular Field or Petco Park or whoever or wherever you may be, Yankee Stadium. The organist plays such a subtle but important role for the fans and to get the team and the fans very excited about what's going on. So, I mean, he has been with this team since 1987. 1987, Chad. Uh, Pretty remarkable. So congratulations to Gary Pressey. Um, not, uh, you know, anything that you can sit here and say that is, uh, just yeoman's work when you are just sitting in that area, knowing when to play it and how to play it. So congratulations to him. My first game at Wrigley field. I drove myself up when I was 16. It was 1990. It was a Friday afternoon game and Gary was there. My second game through my thousandth game to my upcoming game this Sunday, which is going to be Gary Pressey's last game. I'm going to be there and Gary's going to be there with me. He, um, I definitely, you know, you're right. Some fans may not know the name. I definitely know that name. He has provided the soundtrack to some of the most, most uh, beautiful, wonderful Friday afternoons. Um, there was a time just a couple of years ago where rock music and rock music, uh, um, walk up entrance music and between innings and, and those, that, that wasn't a thing. And it was the, the organ and it is old school and I do like it. And also, I like change. Um, but what I am going to share with you is I am interested to see what happens here. I'm interested to see. They say they're going to be reaching out to other folks and, 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 uh, and, and still have the organist. But I don't think it's ever going to be the same. Um, Gary's legacy is something that will never be topped, ever be topped. I do wonder. <laughs> I, was, I had this crazy idea, Ryan. Could you imagine if they take that organist out and they put in some sort of uh, – um, and think about what the kids need and how you grow the audience. Can you imagine they replace the organist with a DJ? I had that crazy, crazy dream and not take away from Gary, but I don't think you just replaced Gary. I think they're going to make a big change, but we haven't heard anything from the Cubs. Yeah. I mean, listen, we've seen the DJ as a big part at NBA games. Um, That's something that, you know, the NBA has kind of always been, you know, forward thinking when it comes to bringing in the younger fan And I know baseball is trying to make that move as well. So, unfortunately, that is more of a traditional thing with baseball. And I hope that they keep it because that's what makes baseball more unique than some of these other sports like football or basketball or hockey, for that matter. Um, Although hockey has an organist as well. So I hope that they do keep it. Um, But you know what? You never know. In today's day and age, you got to bring in the young fan. And if a DJ is kind of what they're looking for, that 
that may just be the case. So let's finish Bingo. up here strong in the ninth inning, Chad. And Absolutely. down the stretch they come for the wild card finish, the NL Central. I mean, every other division is basically wrapped up. Even even almost the wild cards, it's just a matter of who's going to kind of be in position to get the wild card, more or less. The only division that's still up for grabs, the NL Central, between the Cardinals, the Cubs, and the Brewers. And it is going to be an amazing race, literally down to the wire. The Cubs and the Cardinals, they play seven times, four at Wrigley, seven at St. Louis to end the season. The team that scares me the most here, Chad, is the Milwaukee Brewers. Not only do they play your San Diego Padres, which they are currently in don't, town. Don't call those Padres. mine, but I, I do live here <laughs> half the time. But yes, don't call those mine. Then, then they are, I'm sorry, they are in Milwaukee playing the Padres. Then right. they play the Pirates in Pittsburgh, another team that the Cubs just beat up on. Then they play the Cincinnati Reds in Cincinnati, who are in second to last place, and they finish up with the last place Colorado Rockies. The Brewers have the easiest schedule out of everybody in this situation. The Cubs have the Pirates. Then they have the card, or excuse me, they have the Cardinals and the Pirates and then the Cardinals. And um, the Cardinals obviously finished the season against the Cubs, and they are currently in a series with the Washington Nationals. So I, I, the, I, as much as I obviously want to see the, you know, the Cubs win this division, there is something sneaky about the Milwaukee Brewers right now yeah. that just gets me a little nervous when I think about this season coming down the stretch. What, what, what is your thoughts on that? I mean, there's nothing sneaky about it. I mean, they, they've won nine out of their last 10 going into the, the Tuesday game. Um, they have been very dominant uh, and they have, they have a, a pretty, uh, um, pretty easy schedule here on out. The reason the Cubs um, and the Cardinals rather have a tough schedule is because seven of their last 10 games are, are against seven of their last games are against the, the Cubs and they're, they're playing the nationals as well. So no Milwaukee uh, losing Yelich has not seemed to, to miss a, a beat. Uh, the other players have stepped up. I think that's the mark of a really solid team when you know, Hey, we've actually got to, to, we've actually got to do our job and, and we don't have Christian to, to, to be the, the main leader, but it also shows how packed that offense was that they aren't missing a beat. Milwaukee's pitching is not as impressive as the Cubs pitching. Uh, Milwaukee's pitching is not as impressive as the Cardinals pitching. The Cardinals pitching over the last 40 days all around in all of baseball. And so what I've said before, and buddy, I've been saying this, you know this for six weeks now, it's going to come down, not to the wild card for the Cubs. I really, truly believe this. If you do the math, the Cubs in those, those final 10 games, when they play seven of them against the Cardinals, four at home, three on the road, if the Cubs cannot overtake the Cardinals for the division, I don't think the Cubs, based upon the losses to the Cardinals, if they if they don't overtake them, I don't think they can stick into the, the wild card race. It's going to be division or bust. I believe that. And now, right now, Ryan, this is where we're going to see what this team is made of and if they truly deserve to make the postseason. All right, we'll leave it on that note. That is going to do it for this edition of the Friendly Confines. For Chad, I'm Ryan. We got another exciting week of baseball, and then we'll be back with you next week to talk more about this division race down the stretch for the Cubs. Have a good one, everybody, and we'll talk to you later. See you at the ballpark, everybody. just a game for I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago you're blessed and you're a field the first time you walk into Wrigley